Habib Crew Podcast. We're not an ASMR podcast. <laughs> and I am your host, Movie. Of the and Weeb I'm psychotic. And, and on this episode of the Weeb Crew, we're going to beat Mumi within an inch of his life. <laughs> I'm just trying to get us along back on track, okay? Um, we don't have a guest today. Uh, no, we're, it's, we're us, going it's back just us two again. Two of us. Just the I always, two of us. I always knew we could make it if we tried. <laughs> um, But we are... I guess today we're going through back to the tried and true like animated the year discussion. Yes. Uh, which we did last year and we're now we'll have to do it again this year. We already and kind of did it anyway on stream. Sort of. Kind of. Something like that. Uh, we will do this every year until we die. Until we or die. Until we think of a better way to just have this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> I. I think I made it plainly clear in the last one. Uh, I I really don't care that much about these discussions. No, you don't. Yeah, you don't want to do the thing like we did last year where we just go through everything we watched. No. In 2023. Yeah, there's there are some things that we have quite a bit to say on. That, uh, yeah, oh, def- we didn't yeah make certainly. Videos on. But uh, um, well, well, I guess before we get into like specific shows what do we how do we feel about like 2023 as a whole when it comes to anime i'm pretty i'm pretty bearish on 2023 pretty bearish how, how i don't mean like the the big muscular bearish no. <laughs> how very yeah very diplomatic well it's funny because we, we did the stream uh last sunday where we were like doing like the Crunchyroll Award, you know, voting for anime of the year, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because the way the Crunchyroll Awards are set up now is that the fall season of the preceding year will uh, uh, the fall season of the year will not be on the awards for that year, but rather on the awards for next year. So right. fall 2023 anime, we're not on the ballot for anime like, you know, the 2023 awards. But fall 2022 anime were on this year's ballot. So they do that to, like, eliminate, like, recency bias or whatever. Quote, unquote, recency bias. But what's really funny about it, and this is kind of, I guess this may be, like, indicative of our feelings of, like, 2023 anime as a whole, is that we still ended up voting for fall 2022 anime in a lot of the categories just be, because it's a fucking stacked season and it was yeah. and it's either it was either fall 2022 is either such a stacked season or 2023 was such a lukewarm year for anime that a single season fall 2022 really ended up just overshadowing three whole seasons of 2023 anime it was kind of insane i mean i'm not gonna lie the part of the problem is Crunchyroll's fucking uh nominees were horseshit oh they were they yeah they because said, well, like you- the two the two best anime from this year would have dong stomped all the best anime of fall 2023 or fall yes. 2022 uh but uh neither well, one of them were on an option as the anime of the year <laughs> so yeah well i don't know i don't know if i would say that because like 2022 fall 2022 was like fucking ridiculous because what 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 do we have we had the Tommy uh, Time Machine. 
Tommy Tommy Machine, Mob Psycho Season 3, Chainsaw, Chainsaw Man, Man. Chainsaw uh, Boshi Man. the Rock, Akiba Made War, Akiba Made War, Do it's It like Yourself. All, yeah, Do It Yourself. All the all this stuff going on. What did 2023 have? Pluto and Vinland Saga. <laughs> Pluto was Which, on spoiler the alert. I think both of those dog walked all the anime we just listed. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Eh, I don't know. Mob Psycho season three, really? I mean, I like I like Mob Psycho season three. Don't get me wrong. It's it's up. Uh, it, it, they're mm-hmm. the same score on right. the, in the grand scheme of things. Um, I I don't think t- season three was quite as strong consistently as like season two, and I don't think mm-hmm. season three was as poignant as a Pluto or Vinland Saga for me this year. That's uh, right. Well, let's, I don't know. Yeah, let's, let's talk about Vinland Saga first, then. Uh, uh, we can start with Vinland Saga, but I do want to talk, before we get into the specific shows, like, I guess we'll start with anime of the season. Yeah, right. We already did, we did, we did specific, okay. Um, but yeah, those, so we'll start with, like, Winter, which is, All right. you know, um, I, what the- I don't know what you watched from Winter, I think we I started. Don't know, watching I don't know stuff either. Together. I'm looking at it right now. Um, but I've got like Vinland Saga, Onimai, Hikari, Hikari no O, and Trigon uh, Stampede, and Oyokui, Kaina. Yeah, Kaina of the Great Snow Sea. That's that's what we're just gonna call it, Kaina. I'm not gonna. <laughs> and um, I mean, yeah, Vinland Saga season two is kind of a head and shoulders of not only just above like what came out in 2023. By and large, but also, part, yeah, yeah, this season, this season, um, yeah, it's there's nothing I mean, really there's, close. There's, there's, I mean, there, there's still stuff I really liked in the in like this winter season. I really liked Onimai. I really liked uh, uh, kind of the Great Snow Sea. Uh, Epon again kind of was interesting. To, it was. It, it kind of is like a Nausicaa meets yeah. Polygon pictures, I guess. Yeah, N- Nausicaa meets Knights of Sidonia, I guess, is a good way to yeah. sell it. I think that's, I think uh, that's like your what elevator we would pitch. say. Um, um, back when yeah, it was kind of, kind of a slept on like adventure anime, I'd say. A little bit. Uh, and I think it's getting a movie, too, so that'll be Yeah, well, the movie's out, so we oh. probably... Because like, the, the anime itself is technically like incomplete. The way it ends, it's like it's setting itself up. For the movie, which will be like the climax of the story, um, but what really like because it's it, unlike Nausicaa, it's not sand, it's snow essentially. And what I think what really sells kind of the Great Snow Sea is the world it feels very unique. It feels very fleshed out, and I really like seeing all of the different intricacies, the way the characters like dress, the way they get around. Uh, the, like they navigate this world essentially is very, it feels very unique and yeah, it, well, it's a very standard kind of like adventure story. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it does feel very reminiscent of like, again, like a Nausicaa. Yeah. Like well, the monsters yeah. You know, or, Star Wars kind of thing, like the evil right. empire and stuff and all this. Like, I mean, there, there, there are things in this. You will literally go. That is literally just a character from Nausicaa. <laughs> <laughs> Even down to like the naming scheme, it's Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, and this is Kaina of the Great Snow Sea. Yeah, it even kind of has like a similar logo too, if I remember. Yeah, like the, uh, yeah, yeah, a bit of a similar logo. 
uh, uh, similar kind. Yeah, I mean, a lot of just yeah overlap. So I think if you liked, if you liked, I wouldn't. Uh, I don't know. I would actually probably say this is probably on the level of like the Nausicaa movie for me. I haven't read the manga, um, but definitely if you if you like Nausicaa and you're looking for something a little bit more off the beaten trail uh in ter- and especially in terms of adventure series from this year definitely check out kind of i'd say i think i think your mileage will definitely vary on how you can tolerate a polygon pictures show this is true uh, yeah this the show is cg that you, doesn't really watched, bother me if you watched like blame or uh what's uh fuck knights of sidonia mm-hmm. and those bother you visually don't watch this one because I feel like this is like kind of worse, not really worse, like on a technical level. No, but in terms but of like what they're doing with it, I think it's kind of worse than Sidonia. If if like that really bothers you, because yeah. Sidonia, I think you get away with it a bit more because of like how lifeless it is naturally. Yeah. Um, so like the robots and stuff really help a lot because it's a mech show. Whereas mm-hmm. like this, it's very there's a lot more like people going around. So if you on the other hand, you though, watch Sidonia. On the other hand, though, if if you really liked Sidonia, if you really liked Blame, uh, it is the same creator. So you know, yeah, definitely check it out if if those are like things that you liked. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I liked I liked uh, kind of. It's not you know. It's again, it's not up there with like like Vinland Saga season two. Um, but it's definitely better than like uh, some other stuff from this season. Like um, visually, visually, it's not up there with the other CGI show this that season. Uh, no, we'll, we'll get to Stampede. that. Um, but I'm just thinking of like because like the other like adventure show this season with kind of like a world that I really really liked, but I was more disappointed by this anime was like uh, Hikari no O, the Fire Hunter. Ah, uh, which going season that two way. is airing right <laughs> now. Um, and I and I remember seeing that. Uh, seeing like the anime uh, be announced, it had Mamoru Oshii attached to write, Junji Nishimura attached to direct. First episode comes out, we watch it, and we're like, "Holy shit, That's this is good. really good!" Oh, pretty good. This and is pretty damn good. Happened. It was like, or episode two happened. It was like, "What the fuck happened? So, what is going on?" It and it kind of yeah, it kind of uh, just drops off from there, especially visually speaking. I still really like the world but there 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 are a lot of weird like animation issues that i feel like yeah, like we're just like how the fuck did that even happen like a dude is like hanging from a tree but he's like not he he's like there's like discontinuities between the shots it's weird to say the like least he was, like he was like floating off the tree somehow yeah or something. yeah uh maybe if, on youtube i'll put like a screenshot up maybe and see if how like, how well i can convey this but yeah, I don't know. That was kind of like just like a letdown because I really well, like the world. It wasn't even just errors either. What? Like, visu- like visually, it wasn't even just like just errors. Like there was just like weird decisions all around. Like I remember oh, we, we laughed uncontrollably weird. because they used like a <laughs> postcard memory of her cleaning the toilet. Yeah, there, are, there, so are, place. there are strange inclusions of like, you know, Dezaki frame postcard memories in this and their use feels almost arbitrary uh and i don't really understand what the rationale was part of me was thinking 
this is a novel adaptation. Maybe these are like illustrations that were in the novel or like something similar. Yeah. But I, I still have no idea why you would illustrate her cleaning a toilet like in the same style as a dragon attacking a train. I it don't. Was, it was kind of schizo to be visually. Let's, yeah. Is the best way to put it. What's it's like all over the fucking place. Which is a shame because visually, like uh, the the the, um, the overall style. aesthetic, I really love. It has yeah. that. We were talking. It has that sort of like mid two thousands kind of feel to it, where the colors are very brownish, muted, uh, almost kind of feels like something like like a Hibernate Red May kind of thing. Even even um, like writing wise, it kind of feels like a mid two thousand yeah two thousands anime. Yeah, like, and I the way of, like the the world building and the way it's all delivered. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was reminiscent to me of like a Simone or uh fuck, like a fantastic children or something. And like the pacing and like the way that this stuff was kind of being That's delivered. Very slow kind of methodical pacing, which I feel like also kind of bites it in the ass though, because it's also not, it's not developing things quite in, in the way I would have wanted either. No, I feel like things like, especially character wise could have been fleshed out more. Um, especially with like the main girl and and the guy, because the whole show, the whole first season is built up to like them basically meeting and something's gonna happen. But I wanted more in terms of their characterization, maybe get me a little bit more attached to them. I wanted something. Yeah, I won't say I wanted more. I didn't want more, but I did want something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think it had a whole lot of anything. Right, because like the like I said, the world is interesting, but the way in which it's exposited and the information is delivered to the audience kind of saps that interest for me. Unlike something yeah. like Kaina, where it's Kaina is very much like like a, like a show don't tell kind of thing, uh, in in a very like Mamoru Oshii kind of fashion. Uh, Hikari no O is is very much uh, tell. Yeah, that's a very oshi thing to do yeah but uh you alluded to the other the other cg show this year uh this season the the hi, uh, the polarizing stylistic choice to make yes classic polarizing, trigun yeah polarizing in, in a lot of ways i'd say um trigun stamp well, what did you think about trigun stampede uh so oddly i generally i don't like cgi but yes. visually, I thought it was good. Yes. Um, they, they utilize the CGI well. It's Studio Orange. For the most part. Like that, kind yeah. of, that kind of is to be expected. Right. Orange is kind of, kind of the industry standard as far as like a CGI adaptation outside of like movies. This, yeah, this specific kind of CGI, definitely. Yeah. Um. It's it's good visually. It has great like background art. Yes. Good use of color. Um, they utilize the CGI well again. Solid solid like, action. With, like, the, yeah, with like the the pacing of the action, the way they utilize like the three dimensional movement for the, a lot of a lot of tracking shots. If you've seen like Land of the Lustrous or you've seen B Stars, a lot of this is going to seem very familiar to you visually. Right. Um, writing wise, I've not I've not read the manga. For Trigun. I've not and even seen, seen the original people... series. <laughs> that, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've not read the manga, but I've seen people like do kind of comparisons and stuff. 
Um, it seems like this kind of takes similar beats, but like it's still even different from like the manga. Um, mm-hmm. Did not like this one. I did not like this story at all. Uh, it's it's think- weird to me because my image of Trigun is like a comedy, and this mm. isn't doesn't really have much comedy. It's a lot more serious. They definitely like I I don't know in the manga like how much uh Bash uses like his little personality of like happy go lucky thing as a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um but definitely in the original anime there is that feeling of like it being pretty lighthearted and I think that's a good juxtaposition to like the subject matter. It's a good way to get me- into the series and get yourself endeared to these characters. Right, because like when they do, because they, but I guess like a large part of my problem is how like silly and edgy Trigun Stampede was, mm-hmm. and it's not like the original yeah. Trigun didn't have like edgy moments to it, but I think mm-hmm. that they were mediated a bit better because there was, more of there a was like that there. range, yeah, mm-hmm. like it was like it it had the comedy, it didn't like make you expect to take the entire thing super seriously, yeah. Um, um, it was just like it used the edge in like spurts where it's like, you know, using it for a dramatic moment or something here and there. And it would kind of balance it out with like some comedy, some more like mellow points, stuff like that. You had more of a range of emotion. Right. Like, this didn't have like much comedy at all. No. Um, um, at least not with Vash. Like, I feel like they tried using more comedy with like Meryl and the, uh, the older guy. Yeah. Uh, the guy from uh, Disco Elysium. Yeah. Uh, mainly Meryl, though. I think like Meryl became like the, the comedic character somehow. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. Um, well, so, and maybe this, maybe this comparison will confound you a little bit, but I feel like this is, it reminds me of Trust and Betrayal, Roroni Kenshin. Because. Right, I'm confounded. Okay. <laughs> Well, because, well, like, I mean, it's, it's, because Trust and Betrayal is, like, super fucking serious, as opposed to, like, the TV show, which is, you know, has a lot more, like, goofy ah comedy, and in part sure. it's because, like, Trust and Betrayal is, like, a prequel. Right. You know, it comes before, it's, um, you know, Kenshin, when he's, like, you know, younger, more serious, and we see what kind of, like, you know, gets him to the point that he's at in the TV show, and I feel like this is kind of operating on a similar sort of sort of logic essentially because that's essentially what what Trigun Stampede is it's a it's a prequel we're following Vash and how he gets to the point that he's at in the TV anime essentially mm, I don't know if it's necessarily a prequel I think prequel it's, it's, in asterisk in like with in quotes it's it's very much like a Gundam the origin situation where mm-hmm. it, it's an adaptation that's kind of remaking the original, but it's doing so from a point that's earlier on. Yeah. So like it can in some ways act as a prequel. I don't know if this really works in the same way the origin does as like a prequel to the TV series. Uh, because like they introduce characters and stuff like mm-hmm. much sooner than they did in the TV. Right. Um, but yeah, um, I, I see what you're saying in that regard for the most part. But yeah. So my point with like trust and betrayal is that like, I like Trust and Betrayal, but I feel like I would get more out of it, especially emotionally, 
if I, you know, had sat down and like watched the entire like TV series beforehand and then got to this like very much more serious, uh, like emotionally uh, dour OVA. Possibly. Rather than that being yeah. my first exposure. And I feel like that might be a similar situation. Uh, that might be a similar situation here where I'm watching Try Again Stampede. I see what's going on, but I'm not really attached to the characters that much. I feel like there's like it's to a certain extent, maybe it's it's feeling like. It's expecting me to have already like seen the show, be familiar with these characters, and kind of already be attached to them a little bit. Um, because well, it was kind I of mean, like I a struggle tell for you, me to like, yeah. As someone that watched the anime, that didn't really help. <laughs> so, <laughs> if that's what you're feeling, rest assured, rest. It doesn't matter. We're all in the same boat with this one. Um. I mean, so I think you are still, you gave it like a six. I gave it like a five. You're still a little bit more positive, positive on it than I am. I think with the I last pro- I don't know. Episodes, I feel like I might even give it a five, but it's just like, I think with the action, I think I just bumped it up to a six. With the nice. last couple episodes, I think my opinion of it got bumped up a little bit more just because I liked, I liked the pathos a little bit uh, with those last couple episodes, but sure. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. This is kind of like me just the lukewarm thing for me where I'm like, eh, I don't really care about this plot and people are getting butchered left and right. And I'm kind of rolling my eyes at it. And I'm like, eh, I mean, that was a very uh, edgy character. That was me with Oni Mai minus the edgy butchy part. I want to say, what the fuck are you talking about with Oni Mai? (laughs) I liked Oni Mai. Oni Mai was like so cute and nice. (sighs) I mean, it, it felt like it felt a bit too skeevy for me to, for me to feel like it was too nice, which I guess people would be like, oh, filtered. But <laughs> yes, filtered tourist, normie, casual. Uh, I mean, I get that to an extent. I think what's funny is that, like, the first episode lays it on thick with the fan service is what I'd say. And I mean, there's fan service yeah. like, later on, especially in like the final episode where it's like, holy fucking shit. She Mama Mia, what are you? What are you doing? You get this on my fucking lap. Um, you know, it, it turn, turns me into a vulgar Italian. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that was an Italian accent. And Mama Mia, it sounded like a Brooklyn <laughs> Luigi, like Italian, an Italian mobster out of Brooklyn. Well, the tomato, tomato, tomato. Yeah, forget about it. Anyway, um, uh. But I feel like the core appeal of the show, and and what's interesting is like I don't want to like be like get into like the whole discourse of like you know is my hero trans or whatever. That's not I don't know. That's really my place. Um, but it is I interesting watching it because I think I can see the appeal. If you're someone you, you, who has like you know maybe like issues with your gender identity, to watch a show where you know you get turned into a little girl and then that solves all your problems. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's necessarily the intent. I mean, I don't I can't speak for sure about the intent, but generally I wouldn't think that was the in, in original intent. But I don't think that necessarily means much like, you know, I, the author, I feel right? like I, I, I feel like it is to a certain extent. But I mean, that that appeal can exist there either way, really. I think I think it is supposed to be like the intent is to explore like gender right. in a way. I don't necessarily think it's meant to because uh, I don't I don't I guess like the gender of the author is is unknown. Um, so it's not even you can't even like speak right. to like that. But uh, I, 
it just feel I, I wouldn't just knowing kind of generally where Japan is and like where their media has been. I wouldn't think that this was like actually meant to be like a trans kind of representation. But I do think it is like meant to be exploring these kind of issues. And I do think yeah. it's like obviously you can read that kind of message out of it because it is reflective of that experience if you are trans, right? Like Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's death of the author. Again, like it doesn't <laughs> matter what the intent necessarily is, but people have to like argue about like, oh, well, that's not what's intended. It's like, well, maybe not, but like it doesn't mean that that's invalidated. Like you can't have that kind of reading because like that's not the intent, right? Like the fun, fucking famous example of like horror media being kind of representative uh, or you can be able to read like the, you know, be, experiences like a trans person or a gay person through like horror media and like how they're kind of like representing like these kind of others and stuff like that. Um, obviously, that's probably not the intent for the most part, but like that doesn't invalidate that reading. Right. Um, and but I, also I, there's Connie. But also, there's, um, you know. I don't I don't I, I don't disagree. Like, I don't. I appreciate those elements to some extent in Onimai. Mm. Um, it's just like, I just can't get past like the idea that this is like a, and people argue with me about it. I mean, it's not like this like takes up a, a significant portion <laughs> of my brain space or something. Living rent like, free. <laughs> Onimai lives rent free. Um, but like people, when we've talked about it, have like presented the point of like, oh, well, you know, his hormones like, balance has been changed and stuff like that so it's not necessarily like the same it's like i i can get that and like i don't have a problem with that to you know to a degree it's it's more like the idea of like you being an adult in like a child's body it's like yeah your your hormones are different but like you still have like it is like extends to like michelle tensei like people had the same kind of thing with that right um it's funny I too because like, it's the same studio as Mishoku Tensei. Yeah, it's the same studio. Um, I I I can write it off uh, to a degree, like with both shows, like Mishoku Tensei and this show. Um, but it just it just feels more off in this show because I thought they're not really presenting Rudy as in like trying to incorporate himself into like child's playtime kind of thing, right? Like. Even though Rudy's like four years old, it's not showing him like going and playing with like blocks in like daycare or something, right? Like it's it's not like getting super close. Like it shows him like um, interacting with uh, Sylphie, but it's it's in short spurts where it just kind of comes off as like normal kind of like you know it's not a intimate kind of thing. Whereas like this, like you have like a twenty something year old. I think he's like supposed to be like 20 maybe 19 20 um playing with like 12 or 13 year olds and it's just or i think they made me like 11 and it's just like really weird to me (laughs) i can't get past like just that you're weak because i'm weak i mean i i get like so it, it just depends on the context like i if if it's like just straight up just like porn right it's just like okay well this is just someone's fetish but like the fact that it's like it's passing it off as not pornographic is what makes it harder for me to like 
get on board and be like, okay, <laughs> like, you know, I, like, I don't know if I, this is like water on a duck's ass to me. It just runs off. I'm like, all right. That, I don't know. It felt that way when I was younger, I think. Like, <laughs> I was, is, I, I was more desensitized to it in like my early 20s where it was like, mm-hmm. I just didn't give a shit. I was like, whatever. Or like, I, you even like read it just but now like, that you're older now they have kids that you're not allowed to see i understand <laughs> you know it's a little bit maybe it's a child support but i don't even get to see them <laughs> yeah, the to see. she took the kids um <laughs> oh it might be it might be like a fucking just getting older brain composition thing <laughs> Like I pro- maybe I'm projecting like the fact that I'm 30 onto a 20 year old and like trying to imagine be like interacting with like people fucking 11 years old in like an intimate setting and being like, what the fuck? Yeah, that wasn't <laughs> really anything fucking- I was like thinking about. I was more so just like, oh, this is like cute girl show. Nice. I mean, it, it, it does come off that way. <laughs> if, if, it, if they just removed the the age regression gender spent stuff then it's if, it, it is just that right it's just, just like a slice of made the show like interest <laughs> you remove the conceit of the show it is just a, a cute girls doing cute things but i don't know it's it's yeah, whatever yeah. you can like yeah. the show i'm just mid on it i'm just like eh. oh, i can't I, say I, that I, I, I'm just like typing up a DM to Gil right now. See if he wants to be like the new host of the podcast with me. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I like the, I like the show. I mean, you know, it's uh, I don't know where I'd place it in this season, honestly. But I don't know. It, it gets a it gets a recommendation from me. Well, it's definitely like Henshaw's well, I guess it's, one of the, it's kind of similar to like Kinda, where it's like you'll know if you get filtered by it or not real fucking fast. Yeah, I mean, literally like the first. 10 minutes yeah you can look at you can watch the trailer and if you're like no that's okay i I don't know how much of it's in the trailer to be fair uh i don't know i mean definitely the idea of it is in the trailer i don't know if like they do like the fucking was it the Tom the Cat thing that we had in the short? Oh, I don't God. know if they do that in the I don't know what's going. I don't know what's going on with that. E- that that ED is a whole other thing. No, 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 not the cat dancing. I mean, like in the short we did, I put the artist representation of Tom the Cat instead oh. of having just a fucking butt ass naked child doing right. the fucking Twitter pose. I was like, oh God. Oh, that's gonna um, need to be censored for the YouTube release. <laughs> Can't say can't say that on YouTube, ladies and gents, but we can on Spotify. I mean, you can say all of those words on YouTube. You just can't say them in that order. Yes, yes. Um, speaking of things you can't say in that order, Vinland Saga season two. I don't even understand the joke there. You're just trying to find a transition that doesn't exist. Speak, speaking of transit from <laughs> trans characters, let's transition to our next show, Vinland Saga season two. Um, so th- I think this is by far both of our favorites uh, shows of that season. It's not even close. Yeah, it's this year. There's Pluto and Vinland Saga, and then a wide chasm else. and yes. everything else. <laughs> yeah, there's not because like 2022. You know, 22 has some really great anime in it, but I feel like there was a little bit more of a gradient. 
Yeah. You know, things are bunched up a little bit more together still. So, you know, you had some great stuff, some pretty great, you know, good, good, you know. Uh, Whereas this is like, there's some good shows that came out this year. And And then there's these two. Yeah. Yeah. And then, Um, yeah, then there's like the, the, what we, what what we call peak fiction. Peak fiction. Peak fiction. Um, Yeah. I I don't, so I don't, I don't know what your opinion on season one was, but uh, I, I liked it all right. I really, I I really liked season one. Um, I just, I guess I was disappointed by like, I, I had this idea in my head of like wanting like as grounded like mm-hmm. Viking story. Ever since I was in like my sophomore year of high school, we watched like a fucking video on Vikings that was like talking about them fucking lubricating the fucking bottom of uh the the Viking ships with like fish fat oil and like having to like push it across like planes and stuff to yeah, get to so, like, so you want to show like you know muscly men oiling each other up, I understand. Exactly. I understand the disappointment. <laughs> smelly fishy muscly oily man. <laughs> um i i wanted like i've 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 wanted the idea of like this like grounded viking story and like vinland saga kind of felt like it could be that for a minute and then you get to viking goku viking throwing goku. fucking trees off a bridge and sinking ships. Well, i mean even before that it's like you know you, that opening scene with uh like thor's and thorkel fighting um Askelad doing like like moving at like sonic speed. Thorfinn's just like a ninja, basically. Yeah, I feel like you definitely felt it, but it definitely didn't get to like that point until Thorkel's like fucking this Viking Goku, and then you're just right. like, okay, this is where we're at now, I guess. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I was, I didn't. It's not that I made me dislike it, but it like it definitely shifted my expectations. And then, mm-hmm. like even, even like the the political kind of stuff, I wasn't like really super like high on either. Because mm-hmm. like, I mean, they spend a lot of time like just just as an off example. Since we're talking about season two, if you haven't seen season one, well, sorry, I guess you're gonna get spoiled on like the last bit. Well, but like, oh, oh well, you skipped <laughs> uh, Kanata. What can they skip to? Seriously, what am I, your fucking slave? Skip to 44 minutes and 37 seconds if you haven't seen fucking Vinland Saga, I guess. Skip to that. Oh, oh, we're using her for that now. Yes. (laughs) Not not just fucking fact checks. Right. Um, But they, uh, so they, they kind of build up like this whole political scenario where like, oh, well, we have to navigate this way or like things could go bad or whatever. And they spend like a whole episode talking about like what they could do. And then like it just ends with like, that whole thing just going out the window just like, oh, we'll just, we'll just kill the guy, I guess. Fuck it, and yeah. It's like, it makes sense in the moment. Like, it's not like it, you can't, like, rationalize it. It's like, oh, yeah. Well, it just kind of goes to show, like, all their scheming doesn't really mean much or amount to much. Like, just a whim can, like, fuck right, up every, yeah. all these plans, stuff like that. Like, there's definitely an element of that there. But, like, even I'm just saying, like, even on that level, it kind of, like, is undercut to an extent where I'm like, oh... Okay, I, I guess like so. It's like there there was less for me to appreciate about season one. So like going into season two, I wasn't like really sure what to expect. I guess. Um, but now do you? But now now do you see why season one is like that? Now that I see that season one is called the prologue. 
Yes. Um, yeah, uh, because like, you you need a lot a lot of that because so much of season two is then a, a reflection on the events of season one, essentially. Yeah. So like even even in retrospect with like what they're when I see what they're going with with like season two, it helps me appreciate like even like the the Viking Goku shit, right? Because like you need that context of like seeing right. these larger than life figures doing these like incredible feats kind of thing to contextualize like what's happening in season two better. Right. Where you're like, Oh, Thorfinn was like on this level with these people. And now he's like just among the peasants in the, yeah. you know, uh, well, the, well, the so, yeah, well, cause like, I mean, Thorfinn isn't really much of a character in season one. He's this like angsty little shit. who's just trying to find his next opportunity to kill Askeladd, but just ends up tagging along with him anyway, because that's all he really has. And then we're like, yeah, at some point it's just literally just an excuse for him to tag along with Askeladd. It's like, Oh, I'm going to yeah. kill you. Season, and Askeladd's like, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then and, and season two, it, you know, it, it, you realize that's all like, that's not like lazy writing. That's all like intentional because season two is where, Thorfinn's character really gets like actualized, essentially. Right. Um, and he and he kind of like realizes this. Uh, I, I you know, he basically Askeladd is like a second father figure to him. Is is kind of the revelation uh, that he kind of comes to at one point. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of like really great stuff in season yes. one. Um, it's um, just it, it almost takes like the season two, like the events of season two, to like really bring those the, the great things in season one out i mean obviously yeah. you spent the time to like sit there and parse through it in season one but, but it's you just need like that because like you need that sort of like total war element to season one in order to like then have like this reflection on it in season two essentially right and i think which is think, what uh, season two basically is in its entirety i think it was it was funny because i think we both thought it was like good. We stopped watching it together like halfway through or so. Right. Um, I think we both thought it was good. And then we both had the same reaction of like, was episode eight <laughs> where it's just like yes. suddenly like was like the fucking best episode ever. We're just it's like, like, holy, holy shit. Like this is like easily anime, uh, anime episode of the year is just this one. episode. I mean, I'm to a certain extent. I, I, I ex- I've come to expect this, Kind of like the way Yukimura handles his like characterization um, is very similar between even though they're like very disparate in terms of like setting and tone and even just structure. Planetes and Vinland Saga still handle that sort of characterization in a very similar way. Right. Um, you look at like um, uh, like you could draw very easily like kind of like draw parallels in that regard between like. Thorfinn in Vinland Saga and uh, like Hachimaki in uh, Planetes, essentially, where he sure. really likes these like um, he really likes these sorts of like big, like humanistic uh, kind of realizations of like your place in the universe, essentially. And and that's not even like I, I was uh, I've been reading Vin, uh, not Vinland Saga Vagabond here recently, and mm-hmm. that's that's kind of like the focus of that one, too. Which is mm. it's interesting that like both Magica kind of started with like they did Plantes and then uh, <clears throat> the manga for Vagabond uh, did 
Slam uh, dunk. Slam dunk. Very different series. Yeah. Very different. Like, slam, and then they both slam, did a historical piece. Yeah. They both did like a historical piece. Not, no, not even set in the same century. Uh, but set in like, yeah, similar kind of like warring times, essentially. And they both have um, very similar themes of like existentialism. And yeah. Stoicism they both have very shit. obnoxious fans on Twitter. Which, that was fans. interesting. That was fun to watch. Because like, I mean, to a certain extent, everyone who's read the manga predicted this, that when season two comes around, people who liked the act, people who liked season one for very specific reasons are going to be very disappointed when they find out that we're now playing like Facebook Farmville for 20 <laughs> sub episodes. Farming? Farming? This isn't the action I signed up for. Thorfinn's we're a badass. Viking Why is Goku? he a slave? <laughs> you know, why Why is Thorfinn just accepting being a slave? He could kill everyone here. Which, which And it's... So to a certain extent, you know, people were like, that that reaction was more or less to be expected. But then to actually see it like, because like that's such like a stupid like viewpoint to have, really. Yeah. Where like, it's it's really missing the forest for the trees. So I didn't really ex- like, I expected people to have it. But then actually seeing that response happen in real time, I was like, holy fuck. Western civilization is dead. <laughs> it's so over, guys. Well, it definitely, it definitely shows like a disconnect in like how people consume media. Right? Yeah. Who, in terms of like people who really want the power scaling stuff. You're not right. I mean, you get, you, you do get that. There's really solid action still uh, in season two, but now you need to like, now you need to sit with characters talking about their feelings. Well, they they utilize the action like really. The actions utilize really well to like dramatic effect. Like they they withhold it from you for a lot of it, and you're just like yeah. waiting for like, well, was is Vin, uh, Thorfinn gonna like fucking kick this guy's ass or? And then like it kind of teases you a bit with it, and then yeah. like it pulls it away. It's like oh no no not yet not yet. And then like when he's having the defense um that guy the guy in the cart, it finally gives you like that release of like seeing Thorfinn like just kind of show like who he was and you're just like oh right, yes yeah. this is so fucking cathartic because he's like he's like uh, he, uh snake is like piecing together like what what is what is the stance he's doing you know, it's not a sword it's not it's not like a, a mace or anything daggers yeah um so it yeah so it was, but it, it, let, it lets you know he's still got it which then kind of it it does a really good job to parallel like Thorfinn and his father essentially because you know Thor's was also also like this like legendary warrior who then also is like going through extreme lengths to avoid fighting, right? Uh, which then culminates in like you know the grand thesis of this season. You know the, the everyone posts this fucking panel. You know the you have no enemies uh, thing. I have no enemies. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fucking great season. Yes, um, I don't. I don't think we could do it justice on a podcast where we're just kind of talking off the cuff. Off the cuff. No, that's this is something we really got to dive dive deep into the bowels of. And the story is nowhere near completed, by the way. This is oh, like no. where I, I don't even know if this if season two really ends halfway through like the manga still because. Yeah, just it's just this long sprawling story. It's really funny. Yeah, it's like. Season one, which is still too core, is the prologue. It's kind of insane to think about. Yeah, 
it I, I haven't read the manga but like just from what I can like tell it seems mm-hmm. like we're like this might not like there there might be enough material right now for like three more two core seasons yeah well because it's like season one is the prologue uh, season two is like your first act essentially where it's like now now our main character Thorfinn is like a proper character now he uh now that was the goal in mind to be working towards so now we have like a way to like something to structure the rest of the story around essentially yeah like he had to, had to actually like work towards zero to build up yeah. his character <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but yeah i guess that's that's winter <laughs> that's that's the winter season yeah i don't know I, well i watched like two other shows we watched like i don't know uh, Tundemo skill fun show it's it's gay it's it's a it's a gay man or a wolf winter? raising a slime that was winter i think that was spring no it was winter yeah that was that was a fun show that um, was cute not a lot to say about it it's just not a lot I, to like, say. i feel like I feel like people like will shit on it because it's isekai just like from the outside and they're just mm-hmm. like, oh, look at this isekai about cooking shit. And like, I don't know, dog. It's just it's just fun. Just give it a shot. It's yeah. like if you like Dungeon Meshi, it's kind of like that, but not like as autistic. <laughs> it's not it didn't have the um, Ishizuka reviewers element. It's just like just yeah. a cooking thing where it's just like him making fun food for his friends. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm still watching. I need to finish this because I do like it. Uh, Mo Ipon, which is like this like cute girls oh, yeah. doing like judo thing. Not the best animated. It's uh, incredibly limited. Uh, but God damn it is if it's not fucking endearing. It is pretty cute. Um, yeah. And it's, an, and it's a unique subject matter. I also like the character designs quite a bit, too. They're very um, unique in that they're kind of like chubby and wide. They're thick. Yeah, <laughs> no, We're not wide. That's that's the Hitamari sketch girl. That's the Hitamari sketch thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a cute show. If you want something, if 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 you want something with like a strong feminist angle to it, I don't know. Check it out. It's it's, it's a nice show. It's kind of slept on too. Um, I I enjoyed what I I've, I'm like halfway through. Yeah, and then it's all right. Another show I'm watching. I need to finish, and this is punishing me. It's the fucking Neurotomata anime. I've not played the game. I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm up shit creek without a paddle. See, I'm still stalled out in episode three, which is where it like originally like. And that's where like the anime. That's where the it like went on hiatus. Yeah. So yeah, because this I don't anime even... kept like had, had like massive production issues. Although it does look pretty nice. Good. It, it, it. I know it. it like. Because like originally it looks like it's going to be adapting the uh, the game story, but I know it diverges like pretty early on. Yeah, um, it doesn't. So, be, <laughs> so I think because we were watching it together, I I was literally after every episode I asked you, "Can you explain this to me?" And you <laughs> and your answers varied from, "Yeah, this is what happened." To, ah. Uh, <laughs> had to uh, you had to be a near automata expert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be able to appreciate the anime. Ah, but uh, spring season. Uh, spring was uh, spring is like better, I think, than winter overall. But like, didn't have Vinland Saga. So. It didn't have Vinland Saga. Yeah. Um, right off the bat, 
Oshinoko was mid. <laughs> Oshinoko was... Yeah, I think, I, I think we're both in, in general... Between there. me not really caring for idol shows in general, I also didn't really find much investment in like the the murder mystery or the melodrama of any of this because it's it's everyone the discourse around it when it came out is like oh this exposes like the the dark underbelly of japan's entertainment industry or whatever and i watch it and i'm like no this is very (laughs) similar to like this is touching on like a lot of similar like themes and beats that like other idol anime i've seen do um but at the same time it then also just has this like murder mystery element that just kind of like slapped on top of it. And I don't think they mesh super well. It's a very fucking like schizophrenic ep- like series in terms of like trying to explain it in part due to the fact, you know, the first episode, which is the premise is like an hour and 20 minutes long. It's like a feature length fucking movie. Well, like the first episode's about the idol shit specifically. And then literally yeah. none of the rest of the show is about idol shit. Really? I mean, not really. You have a, uh, what's it, Ruby? Ruby's She's like character. making an idol group, but like so little of that is actually like so little screen time is actually dedicated to like that little fucking subplot. Like so much of it is just following fucking Aqua, who's like this light s character, yeah, going through the fucking like these random fucking like uh, TV shows or like stage play, like all this stupid shit. Yeah, like, he's an edgy little shit to like murder his dad. Yeah, like what the fuck? Uh, Well, but while at the same time, and this I feel like it's like I forget about this part is that they're also like reincarnated. Yeah, for people who they knew, like people who knew each other in their past lives, but don't know each other like that they are that yet. It's but that aspect has like such like a non contribution. It's, question it's mark random it's yeah. not it's at least in the season this first season i don't really know how well incorporated that aspect is i mean it gave you moments where like babies are talking to each other like fucking rugrats i guess that was pretty fun no that, that was pretty cool to see well, well that should have been the whole show honestly but let's ignore the fact that like baby musculature wouldn't really necessarily be developed fuck fucking cinema sins little prick uh my review my review of oceanoko is um uh there wasn't enough mem show mem show best girl so the fucking youtuber fucking yeah. youtube scum <laughs> youtube scum well she's also the only one that's not a minor so there we go hey, yeah i guess so there um, we go yeah I'm, like i i i appreciated some of the like entertainment kind of things not sorry i say entertainment i don't mean like the entertainment industry stuff necessarily but so much as like it, the entertaining entertaining drama aspects of the show yeah um it does get really fucking like silly where it's like aqua's like fucking stalking some bitch out in the fucking rain <laughs> to like save her from committing suicide yeah, it's <laughs> like, like jumps at the last second is like what the fuck? And it's like I feel like I'm watching something that, that would have aired on like ABC Family in 2007. <laughs> That's the th- like it, it's so toothless with like it's it's quote unquote scathing criticism of the Japanese idol entertainment industry. Like yeah, what is it like? It really it really bullying? feels like like the. It's like the like uh, it really feels like like the Evangelion thing where it's like unlike other idol anime, this one's about the characters. <laughs> And it's like that's literally every is that idol the anime. Point of an idol anime? 
The characters? Actually, other items anime are more about the characters because they want you to buy the fucking merchandise. Yeah. This is more about just this fucking mystery, murder mystery subplot bullshit. Having this like no super cool light Yagami guy act like an asshole. <laughs> but let's let's stop being so negative. Let's talk about one of the more underrated shows of the whole year, I'd say. Heavenly Delusion. <laughs> Heavenly Delusion. No, let's talk about let's talk about Anime Elf first. Anime Elf. Anime, so fucking good. You, you watched it here recently. I watched it when it aired. I, I finished it just the other day. Yeah, don't sleep on this. Anime Elf is great. Yeah, it's it's a shame that this got so little attention, which it yeah. really fucking bothers me, right? Because you have Free Run <laughs> this year. Free Run airing. And yes. Like, everyone's like, oh my God, it is so impactful because it's talking about like fucking life after the journey or whatever and touching on themes of like this, this immortal elf person. Uh, having to deal with like the death of her friends and stuff. That was literally what anime elf was doing, except yes. And I, I like it more. I like anime elf more in terms of how it handles those aspects. Right. Cause like for me, it, it works better because anime elf is like just a slice of life. And so it's, it's kind of weaponizing like the slow everyday thing in favor yeah. of this, like theme overarching theme of like this elf, having like living through multiple generations of people that she knew and loved because yeah well you see that in the opening where it's like it's her and uh koito like walking side by side and you know she says the same but you see like koito as like a baby and then like you know growing up essentially next to her right um, and there's a kind of like a bitter there's a, there's a perpetual bittersweet uh implication similar to free Rin, um but less overt than free Rin, i'd say where it's like Elda is still going to see her like grow old and die, and like that. Oh, that's fucking depressing. Yeah, like like I said, it's, it, it almost weaponizes it because like yeah. it's so slow. Like it, it, I'm gonna say it's so slow as if it's like a negative thing. I don't mean it. <laughs> like oh my god, this is fucking boring. No, um, but it, it's like so slow in relation to like what they're kind of talking about as far as like the underlying theme, right? Like you're like oh, it's just them having fun. And it's like she's been doing the same kind of thing for hundreds of years at this point. Yeah. So like for you as like an audience member, you're watching it and you're just like, oh, this is nice kind of low stake slice of life. And like there's this like underlying melancholy to it where you're kind of like yeah. in the back of your mind, you're thinking like, wow, she's done this with dozens of people not Koito's not the first one, the main character, the little younger girl. She's not the first one. Yeah. She's not even the second. She's like the fucking in this long line of like shrine maidens that have done this with this this elf. And yeah, she's had to watch them all grow up and die. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like it's like just purely in the background, because I do talk about like her mom, because her mom died at a young age. And so Koito right. didn't really get to like uh you know get to know her mom all that well. And so she's basically getting to know her mom through like almost like the surrogate sort of maternal relationship with uh uh El is it Elda? Yeah, Elda. Elda, yeah. Um not to be confused with Zelda. <laughs> um <laughs> where she she looks up to Elda as like a a positive female role model initially without knowing that it was her and like this contrast yeah. of like her looking up to like who she thought this person was 
and looking kind of down at like who Elda is and then real this realization that they're the same person. Which we were wondering, we were watching this first episode. We're like, okay, this is going to be like a driving through. Nope. No, it's like the they, first they, they, they tie that shit up first episode. Yeah. We're not doing like a little witch academia thing where you're going to know exactly what's going on. 20 for 24 episodes, episodes before it's revealed. <laughs> uh, but no, anime elf is so fucking good. Like, when, yeah. it, when it kind of like laments on like so like well it's not very it's not very like saccharine about it no like it 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 incorporates these elements really fucking organically and like really well mm-hmm. um where like because you know she's the whole thing the shtick is she's like an otaku right um otaku like on a base level otaku like stuff is like you basically being obsessed with something to an unhealthy degree right like that's where otaku originally came from is like oh you're mm-hmm. upset you're a train otaku you're obsessed with trains to the point you, yeah you maniac yeah you're you're hurting your social life you're an otaku you're staying at home kind of thing um so it's taking those kind of things and it's like kind of examining like where they stem from right like why is she kind of latching on to these like hobbies and like it it incorporates like in a really organic and like great way, her yeah, um, latching on to these things because they remind her of like periods of time. Like, you know, as an example, it's some really nice history lessons in the show. Yeah, too. like that's that's kind of where like the level of craftsmanship comes from because like anyone can make a slice of life, right? But like this mm-hmm. attention of detail that really like helps like sell a slice of life show. Like it's what kind of elevates like a a standard kind of slice of life from like a yashike for the most part, right? Like you can't mm-hmm. you can't have like an yashike without like a, some kind of level of detail for you to kind of like ponder on or pontificate on in the background while you're watching the show. Um, and anime elf kind of provides that in like how she latches onto like an example like these gachapon figures, and yeah, she you know she starts going off on ramblings about these gachapod figures that come up very organically in like an otaku way. Like, Oh, like right now, like like me rambling about this fucking show, like, Oh, you know, I'm really into these details or like the history of these fucking gachapon figures and like where they kind of came from. And like the first gachapons and stuff like that. And then like, it comes off as just like her being an otaku. But then you think about like, Oh, she was literally there. Like she's latching on to this because she was there. She saw it. She liked it at the time, and now it's like almost like an unhealthy obsession because like it's her latching on to like that last kind of remnant of like that time period and not wanting to like you know face the outside world that's like changing around her. And like sometimes you can you can hear people talk about this kind of thing and you're like, oh, you're kind of like overthinking it. Like this show, it's built into this show, right? It, it directly kind mm-hmm. of yeah, absolutely. tells you this stuff. It's not like explicit, like a free rate. It's not like, oh my God, this is the most like uh, impactful thing ever. It's the saddest. People think we hate free rate now. <laughs> it sounds like we hate free rate. But no, it's just like, anime Elf is just like so much more respectful, I think, of its audience to me. Where like it, it gives you those moments that Freerun kind of denies from you of uh you know like Freerun like there was like a moment I remember that stood out where it's like, oh, she learned that grape spell because like the um 
dwarf really likes sour grapes. And so she learned a spell to like make grapes more sour. And then they just like literally spell it out for you. And it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, thanks. <laughs> like, like I, I like having those moments of like being able to put stuff together and free and kind of. I, well, I feel like there, there's. There's a bit more going on I, that I that I that personally I'd be in, I'm interested in when it comes to Edmund Elf and right. Elda's character versus Freeran, in that he is like, you know, overtly and I mean to a certain extent like Freeran herself is like an otaku with all these like weird spells and knickknacks she collects. But yeah, she has that same kind of element to it. Elda is explicitly like like an otaku as like we would like think of one. Right, like otaku um, media. And that and, and, so. They're the layers that get added on as a result of that and the fact that it's set in the real world and all this going on, I think it leaves a little bit for me to chew on. Whereas something like um, Freerun, you know, it is set in a in a fantasy world that kind of takes something from me in terms of where my interests lie when it comes to analyzing media. Yeah. And we it's almost like inevitable you had to compare the two, but <laughs> we'll, it is. we'll get the Freerun a bit more when we actually get there. Well, yeah, we don't hate Freerun. I, I don't know. I actually really like Freerun, but uh, between Freerun and Edomay Elf, it, it's it's one. It's like Pluto and Vinland Saga season two. Those are like you know the heavyweight champs. But then you know we got like Otaku Elf down here, Edomay Elf. It's like a featherweight champ. You know, it's still a champion. Yeah, it's a bad name. Maybe, maybe not like it's like Ashino yeah, you Joe. know. Yeah, you know, maybe not, maybe not like the most prestigious weight class, but it's 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 pretty still respectable. Respectable, respectable champion. Yeah. Bring yeah. twenty twenty three. Uh, now we can talk. Now that we've done, we've gushed enough. Let's talk about fucking heavenly delusion. Uh, yeah. I show that I still don't dislike it. No, I. But I think it's fine. I have, I have very mixed feelings on this fucking show. Yeah, I remember we we. Got into a discussion about it when you were first well, watching there's, it. Well, there's, there's so much. What I would say is that it really reminds me of, like, have you seen, like, the Maze Runner movies? Yeah, like, the young adult kind of stuff. It kind of has that vibe to it, which it's really funny to then see people, like, praise this. And, like, oh, well, one, hype it up as, like, a hidden gem, which, what fucking crack are you smoking? Uh, evidently Gil literally had like co-workers like his normie co-workers bring this up to him at work um, so that you know I don't know how fucking underground the show is but also yeah I don't know I feel like there's even stuff in here that reminds me of like Sword Art Online and people cook Sword Art Online for this shit but for some reason it gets a pass now because if you know what if this show was animated by A1 Pictures in, like, 2015, people would be fucking eviscerating it, is what I would say. <laughs> because, you know, but because it's, like, you know, we're so far removed from hating and clowning on SAO now, you know, shitting on stuff like Darling and the Franks, uh, that we've kind of moved on. And But the elements are still here, you know. We still, like, this very much reminded me of Darling and the Franks with the stuff in the school, the institute, and all that, and the way these, like, kids are interacting. I would still say it's handled better, uh, and, I, and I like the way it's it's set up more uh, in this than Darling the Franks, at least. Um, but there's still elements that bother me and kind of, like, you know, irk me. Um, And on the subject of it being, like, a hidden gem, it's, like, 430,000 people on my anime list. 
Yeah, fuck off. This like is top not... 500. So it's like, okay, yeah, nah, that's where nah. it's coming from, where people are like, well, it's not the top 100 or top 200. But it's like, no, nah, nah, that's, that's not even um, close to a hidden gem. But um, I finished it, and to a certain extent, you know, this is a mystery show. And what I'd be worried about talking about a mystery show is that, you know, we're going to spoil stuff. But I finished this, and I was, and my response was, that's it? That's it? That's it? And this feels like, it, it, it ends very, like, anticlimactically almost, where it feels like this is almost like the first half to a split core show. Um, because it feels like not, well, one, not a lot is really explained or, or expanded upon, and then it doesn't really feel like a ton is achieved either. Well, the the argument's going to be like, well, it's a manga adaptation, and like they can sure. adapt more, and then it will kind of do what you're saying, or like you just right, the manga. yeah. But it is, but it does make for because like even still with a lot like a lot of manga adaptations, you'll still want that. They'll still be structured. They'll still be set up. Maybe they'll move some events around such that you kind of have like this sort of like climax, uh, and this sort of like complete experience in just one season. This doesn't really do that. To a degree, I. Th- I would say it kind of does because like mm-hmm. you got you got the initial kind of it's almost like Hunter Hunter where the initial things like we got to find this guy and then they find him. And then the initial thing for like the other subplot is uh, we got to get out or what's what's going on with the school what's beyond the walls and then they get outside the walls. So it's like kind of to it, a degree. Yeah, then there's a lot of stuff, too, that it's like. Okay, there's some fairly obvious things going on here to the point either you can and we talked about this. And we, I guess we won't spoil them exactly, but um, there were things that we either predicted just based on foreshadowing the show or me just having like cynical expectations of being like, that's what's going to happen because, you know, this is a dark, edgy show. And then that's what happens um, or uh, making predictions in terms of like some of the answers to the mysteries uh, or like, you know, what these like, you know, what's going on with these like man eater creatures that are roaming about. Yeah. Fairly oh. obvious stuff, I'd say, if you've seen like an anime before in a similar sense to like the reveal in uh, Shinsekai Yori, which I won't spoil still, but I was like, that's a reveal. <laughs> I, think, well, I thought that was just obvious. Well, you did. You, duh, duh. Well, uh, it's, it's just like in Shinsekai Yori's case, I think it's like. Just more hammering in the level of like delusion. Oh, I like Shinsukayori like way more than this. Let me be clear on that. Well, I'm just I'm just saying like because like it's not necessarily it's a reveal. We were supposed to like, oh fuck, I didn't know that. It's more like they're just bringing up to cut to the forefront something that like you know as an audience member you kind of picked up on and you're like, how did they sure. not pick up on this? Like, well, they probably did to a level. And they're just like deluding yeah. themselves, kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, this I. I don't know. Like I, 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 it was entertaining enough. Like I don't have any, like, that's the kind of the thing is I really like the character. It, it reminded me of a wonder egg priority where I really like the character stuff and I really like the way it looks. It's the plot and the tone at times that really brings it down for me. Sure. Um, um because I mean, it, it's also him by the fact that I think the stuff going out going on outside, of the school of the facility with um, uh, Maru and uh, Kiruko is much more interesting and entertaining than like what's going on inside the school with like Tokyo and Mimihime and all that. Yeah, definitely. like 
that, um, I still like that those that stuff to an extent, but there's there's a kind of like an imbalance here. You have two stronger characters than the rest of the cast, like in the school. Yeah, um, no, they're not bad, but they're not as interesting. And right. whenever we we get an episode where oh we're gonna focus on the characters in the school now, I'll be like, all right, fine. <laughs> um, I don't know, like I. There are things that like I feel like kind of get, you know, lampshaded or foreshadowed like beforehand. And it's not mm-hmm. like, again, it's like Shinsuke Yori where it's not even like it's like a reveal. But I do appreciate yeah. the craftsmanship where it's like they're at least kind of doing going through the motions of like a, a competent show. And like, they're, sp- they're sprinkling some things in. I think when I finish it. My comparison when I finished this, though, in terms of like the mystery elements, was that I just fucking watched Lost. <laughs> I haven't even I haven't even seen Lost. I only know it through its reputation, and you know, fucking J.J. Abrams' goddamn mystery box type shit. And that's kind of what I felt like watch like when I finished this. So I was like, well, f- I guess I don't really want to read the manga because I wasn't that invested in it. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't. I thought it was all right. Um, it was an entertaining way yeah. to kill like some of my lunch breaks, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in terms it. of like, I don't know, in characters like in terms of like characters like walking around like a post-apocalyptic setting. Obviously, it's easy to like draw comparisons to something like Girls' Last Tour, and I also vastly prefer Girls' Last Tour. Yeah, so it's one of those things where it's like I don't. If anything, it's more so a testament. I guess maybe it's a point of praise that this show has a lot of things that tends to really irritate me in anime uh but i did not absolutely hate this i thought it was all right so if anything that that should be an achievement in and of itself yeah that was my thing it's 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 competent it's not like a train wreck just like oh my god this is so fucking it's 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 not like a wonder egg priority where i'm like fucking god damn it Going off the rails, except it's like it has oh, the last episode yeah, that everybody hates, and I love. We got a good thing going here. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, I guess on the subject of being lost, uh, I guess if you watched the song ranking season two, the B sides without having seen season one, you'd be pretty lost. You'd be pretty goddamn lost if you liked Osama ranking. Uh, watch it; it's good. It's the the, the B sides are still really good. Yeah, they're like these like character vignettes, and like you know some of them are like more relevant than others, but they're still like you know hitting on that strong pathos of the uh, first season did. I, I think it's a bit deceiving because like you watch like the first episode, just like oh, what's this like kind of be about, and then it's just like kind of filling in some stuff from like season one, like. Yeah, it's just all oh, these characters doing some like side side activity stuff. Yeah, but it, it's, uh, but it's, it's like, not all just side activity stuff. Like no, some of it's, some of it's fleshing out like a sequel backstory and the lore. Well, some of it takes place after the show. Like some of it's a sequel. Yeah. So like, some of it's also a sequel. It's it's probably pretty important. Or like if you liked the show, you would probably be invested in like some of the stuff that's happening after that you kind of didn't yeah. get a res- resolution for. Uh. So it's it's definitely worth a watch for that regard. But like they kind of they kind of do some cool stuff. Like there's some episodes that are like just completely animated in a different style, like a storybook mm-hmm. style uh, that they kind of show in like the OP and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think it's kind of showing like how wit just kind of is supposed to be more of like a, a experimental studio. Um, yeah, well, the fact that this exists, like we watched the summer ranking and we're like, 
God damn, that's really good. You know, this sort of like, uh, you know, lesser known manga gets adapted to, oh, holy shit, it's fucking great. Yeah. Um, and it do- and it does pretty well financially. And then they announce this and we're like, oh, okay, this will be like a TV short kind of thing. You know, there's like some little like short vignettes. No. no it's- what do you, what do you mean? It's f- like full episodes. <laughs> what do you mean? There's 10 of them. What do you mean? There's like a full season. <laughs> like the fact that this exists is so fucking weird. Yeah, because like usually like the way this would work is like it'd be like an OVA if you get like one OVA episode or something like that. Right. That's like the the model you would typically expect. But no, Wit is just doing weird shit with this where it's like, I don't I'm glad this exists. I don't know why it exists. Wasn't Wit going into debt or something? How are they making money off this? (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it was good. It had like some really strong vignettes, some not so strong vignettes, but. You know, they're short, so it, it kind of just passes. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Right. So you just yeah. enjoy the good parts. Enjoy um, the good parts. Is there anything else from this season we want to talk about? Uh, I haven't finished Insomniacs after school yet. Yeah. It's all right. It's cute. I wish you utilized the Insomniac element more. See, you're watching the Insomniac after school romance. But you should have been watching the Skip and Loafer. Romance. Tell me about Skip and Loafer. We all know you you want to talk about it. Uh, I don't really have much a lot to say. Like, I I think it does some good things. Um, I think the characters are pretty well fleshed out. But uh, it it kind of suffers. From what can we talked about like Freerin, where there are things that it'll do that I feel like it should reward me for picking up on, and it just spells it out for you. Yeah. Um, like there's there's a moment where like these characters are like kind of fucking with the two two main girls and mm-hmm. these other two characters come and like help them and like it kind of shows the juxtaposition of these two girls cuz like you, you come from the perspective of the second girl who's like looking at the shoes of the guys who are fucking with them to like read the, their names and she's like oh I'm going to remember your names and I'm you know to pay you back kind of thing and then the other girl the main character who's like the happy-go-lucky girls like oh thank you so and so and so and so and so she turns around she's like oh you knew them she's like oh no i read their shoes and so there's like this juxtaposition we're like oh so she's the type that like holds on to grudges and like goes out of her way to like find a way to you know pay people back in like a negative way whereas the main girl is like goes out of her way to like find people that do good things for her and like reward them for it kind of thing and then the show kind of just spells it out. And it's like, oh, I mean, it's not bad by any means. Um, it's just like, oh, I wish I wish you had rewarded me for picking that up instead of just spelling it out and having the character, you know, f- literally exposit the dialogue explaining all this. Um, but visually, it was good. Um, not a whole lot to say because it's not like a complete adaptation. They don't fucking accomplish anything. And it's just kind of like the start of something. Uh, but it was it, visually, it was good, good kind of composition. It wouldn't like fucking blow the doors off, but it was good. Damn, dog, that's crazy. <laughs> Almost as crazy as this transition to the summer season. Summer was pretty crazy, was it? I didn't really watch much from summer. Uh, I'm looking at my list, and I'm like, shit. Well, I'm thinking of like Zom 100, like just fucking going off the rails. Oh, in terms of in terms of Zom 100, uh. Having a production implosion. Yeah, that was depressing. Yeah. That was really fucking depressing because um, 
for anyone who doesn't know, I don't know if I brought this up in the podcast itself, but I got in early on Psalm 100. Like I'm talking like when like the cha- like the second chapter was like fan translated way, way back when the series like was just like first like uh, being released uh, is when I started reading this. So it's been really interesting to see the series sort of grow in popularity over time. I remember getting picked up by Viz Media uh, for like a official uh, release in the U.S. and being like, "All right, that's really cool." I think, uh, maybe or maybe it wasn't Viz. Maybe it was like Dark Horse, someone I forget who. Uh, I remember Giga made a video on it, and he was like, "I got fucking paid to talk about this." Oh so that was literally it. He's like, I, "I looked at this before. I didn't want to talk about it, but then they offered me money." Um. <laughs> Uh, and then, like, the anime gets announced and stuff. I get really excited for the anime. Trailer looks really fun. Uh, and then the anime just runs into production issues. Um, because for anyone who doesn't know, this is, like, um, it's a new studio. It's the same, or at least the same director, and I think a lot of similar staff that worked on uh, Comey Can't Communicate at OLM. So it looks fairly, it has, like, a lot of similar, like, uh, tricks that uh, Comey uses. Uh, but because this is a new studio, and in, if you listen to the last episode, this ain't the best time for new studios uh, in this uh, anime industry climate right now. So it ended up hitting a lot of snags. Not on, not you know, not unlike uh, Nier Automata, not unlike Isekai Ojisan, uh last year. So it was really unfortunate that happened. Uh, but you know, it ended up finishing by the end of the year. I think the last few episodes came out around Christmas and. Uh, for what it's worth, I think it's a pretty solid adaptation overall. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. I was, I was, I was pretty, I was pretty uh, pleased with it, with how they handle uh, different kinds of things. Because uh, you look at the manga covers, and it's similar kind of thing. The Chainsaw Man receives big, bombastic colors and all of that. And I think the way they incorporate that is, uh, it's it's interesting enough in terms of like having like the zombies instead of being covered in blood, they're ki- covered in like all these paint blotches and stuff. Yeah. Like someone shooting with a paintball gun. Someone shot him with a paintball gun. Well, I guess that's all I have um, in Japan I, is paintball guns. <laughs> uh, but I like the like the overall view of the apocalypse that it has as well, where it's I mean, it's fairly obvious. It's you know, uh what if zombie the zombie apocalypse improved your life, essentially? And we talked about that. We talked about this in the video, so I don't want to know how much, how much yeah, for, I want to For those of you that are listening on Spotify. We do videos on YouTube occasionally. Occasionally. We'd uh, like to do them more, but... Yeah. Um, we did one on, on ZOM 100 where we specifically are kind of looking at, like, the kind of parallels between zombie media and, like, isekai and, like, their escapist yeah. elements. As, um, like a, as, as escapism. Yeah. And, I mean, ZOM, you know, ZOM 100 is very much, like, escapism, essentially. Um, and then, you know, I do have problems with it in terms of like how it handles like some of its more serious arcs, like with his like, you know, ex-manager or when he goes to visit his folks and all that. The way they introduce drama and conflict into the show, even even when I was reading the manga, I was like, this kind of walks back what makes the story appealing in the first place. This fucking blows. <laughs> You can say that, yeah. I feel because I feel like it, the 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 conceit of the series really should preclude having it like this sort of like conflict that you would see in a more typical 
like a zombie show like The Walking Dead, for example. Like, I feel like that's kind of like out of place here. Really what it should be about. And there's a nice chapter in the manga that evidently is not really in the anime or it's very condensed where it, it, it really should be about that. Like what the zombie apocalypse has done is let people kind of like live more freely, essentially for better or um, worse. For better or worse, like because uh, like the the chapter I'm referring to, I don't think this is covered. I haven't finished the anime yet, unfortunately. Uh, but I it's did. the people who were living in the apartment beneath Akira in like the second episode. It's implied that like zombies burst into the house and killed them or whatever. Right. Later on, it's revealed in a chapter that they actually escaped and you know have been traveling the world essentially, and it's just like this really nice sort of thing where it's like. In a similar similar way to Akira, where it's like, oh, now they're just going to go around and do all the things that they wanted to do but couldn't because they had, like, obligations like a job and rent and all of that. Yeah. Um, although, evidently, yeah, so evidently that's not really a thing in the anime. Well, they, they allude to it in the end credit sequence, and it's literally just, like, the wife and the guy, like, doing the pose that they do at the last, like, panel in the manga where they, like, Hold up the oh, shield or whatever. Yeah, they, they, they basically condense the whole thing down. See, now, the way I would have structured that is to basically just have it be like the final episode, you have your credits, the credits roll, and then you have this post credit scene. And that's just what the, the post credit scene is just that chapter, essentially. They could have done that. Because uh, you could adapt it in like, like two minutes, and that would be like a nice little send off for the series. Could have done that, but they didn't. And when yeah. they did it. I mean, that's kind of, kind of disappointing. What they did do. Uh, left me very confused. I was like, who are these people? Because, <laughs> like, for context, it's been, like, it took, like, six months to adapt the show. <laughs> so, like, the last yes, episode aired. It, it started in July and ended in December. Last episode aired, like, five months after we want see these people die. And they were such, like, small, insignificant portions of the story to begin with. It's not like they were, like, his dad. So we are like, oh, fuck, okay, his dad died. No, it's just like his neighbors or whatever. You're like, oh, okay, they're dead. So you didn't really memorize what they looked like. You barely saw them. And then they pop up and you're like, who are you? It's really funny. I'm, re- I'm looking at like analyst reviews right now. And like the more negative review also compares it to Isekai and like escapism. And they're like, that's why this series is bad. Why it's bad. Yeah, that's why it's bad. That's why this it's review like, is bad. Why this, that's, why, that's why I downvoted that review. Um... Yeah, summer overall, like, I don't think we, I, I didn't watch many things from summer, to be honest. I watched, no, I like, guess, I guess the other escapist anime we could talk about is Mishoku Tensei. Yeah, that's, that's the obvious lead in, which we, uh, for anyone that's on YouTube. I don't know how YouTube, much I really have to say about this, in part because. Yeah, anyone that's on YouTube knows. We've done a full stream talking about it. We've talked about this pretty extensively. Pretty extensively already. Um, and we did a video on like uh, like the first season way way back. Maybe don't watch that video. It's not. I don't know how good you it is nowadays. You can't watch the video. I've, I've privated it. Oh no, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, I mean, go watch it if you're curious. But it's it. Yeah, so I don't know how much I really want to say because I feel like it'd just be like retreading the kinds of things the the praises we've already sung for Mishoku Tensei. Well, for season two specifically. Because we we t- we did a, a stream about it, kind of defending its uses yeah. of like uh, slave elements, like slavery and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was like three or 
four, maybe five episodes in. What I think season two ended up doing really well was mirroring season one in that mm-hmm. season one ends on like kind of a not a literal reset, but kind of like a you know a reset for Rudy as a character where you know season one starts with a reset. And that's what enables him to build his life up. And then season two kind of yeah. ends on, or season one ends on a reset that tears what he built up down in a way. And yeah. so season two is basically mirroring season one in him rebuilding himself back up and kind of moving past what he was initially, where like before a reset would have just crippled him, right? Like he would have just gone right. to a pile and gave up. Where now he's like at a point where he can move forward and kind of pick up the pieces and has the strength to kind of like build himself back up. Um, and season two kind of exemplifies this pretty well with, you know, him being in a school, which kind of mirrors, um, you know, him originally originally going into becoming a uh, hikikomori because he was bullied at school and him yeah. kind of um, having those positive interactions with Sylphie, his childhood friend which he does here and in, in the school. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of par- nice parallels between the two. And then it ends with like probably one of the better endings from this year. Um, hmm. Not the best, but um, in terms of like him finally getting over his trauma, because like it's so it's done so well if you like pay attention, right? Because like there's so many elements hmm. that it reuses from the, sort of initial the way season one ends right like him with the glass there's like stay like a red stain and like there's these state elements that kind of bring him back to when he was abandoned or you know he felt like he was abandoned and like kind of re-trigger that trauma for him and then you kind of are able to move past that in the show and it's done like to me it was done so well um Obviously, the whole season, like, there's some ups and downs because it's it's not just of all about that, right? Like, it's you've got like right, right. you know him having fun with the fucking forearm demon thing. Um, you got him kind of learning some stuff about like the teleportation and stuff like that. But I think it had a really strong like emotional core to it. I don't I don't think it was quite as good. I think people. Sometimes it feels like people kind of overstate like how much of a step down visually this was from season one. Um, I don't think it was I can quite... see it. I don't think it's like as big. Yet. Yeah. I think people tend to exaggerate it a little bit. It's like, yeah, it's, it's not as quite as good, but it's not bad by any means. Right. No, by no means. Um, yeah, that was that was a highlight of the season was uh, that might have been my. No, no, that's not my anime of the season. <laughs> I was about to say it might have been, but I remembered uh, Jujutsu Kaisen aired that season. Oh, that would be, that's my anime of the season. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch season one. I'm a um, I'm a fake fan. Wow, I'm a tourist. Fucking tourist. Can't believe I'm messaging. I'm probably, probably messaging Gil right now to get him on. His- <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, season two is Jujutsu Kaisen. I watched with uh, Lex, Lex Torius. Shout out! Oh, yeah. Um, we uh, watched majority of it together. I think I watched. How was it? Was the Shibuya arc peak? Peak. Uh, so there, there were episodes that were like 
basically on the level of like a Mob Psycho season two, episode four. And I, I don't mean that with any kind of hyperbole. Like they, they were literally on that level where like it was so insane visually and it was like a, such a sustained like value for such a long period of time i'm just like what the fuck is still mm-hmm. going um i can definitely see why they had so many production issues with this season um yeah but it, it surprisingly it, it was pretty well done consistently there was like one episode that I could tell, like, oh, they're probably going to fix this in the Blu-rays because it's, like, kind of stilted. But there's, like, literally one episode. Like, the mm-hmm. rest of it's, like, either, like, pretty good and serviceable to, like, just what the fuck are they on? This is fucking insane. And uh, we put out the fucking uh, Demon Slayer short where uh, I'm talking about, like, I watched Demon Slayer initially thinking, like, oh, this is, this is going to be a nice, like, visually fun show. This is... This is that for me. Jujutsu Kaisen has been like the show I can watch and I appreciate like how they handle the subject matter because it's not You're like. You're going to start a fucking war. Good. Saying this. Jujutsu Kaisen is better than Demon Slayer. <laughs> Come fucking at me. Um, <laughs> no, I appreciate um, how they handle the subject matter because it's not like overly sentimental. It's not overly, uh, you know, they're not like. They they re- literally just are like, we're not going to fucking redeem these. Like, they're just fucking monsters kind of thing. And they, they address it a little bit later on. Um, that's kind of the way that they cope with it, though. They're like, oh, I'm just not going to fucking bother with it. And then, like, stuff comes up later where he's like, oh, they had a family or whatever. Like, uh, it's, it's not on the level of, like, a demon slayer where it's like every fucking time they fucking kill someone, it's like, oh. I used to have friends. <laughs> Shut the fuck up and die already. <laughs> You're fucking contempt for Demon Slayer. Well, I won't, I won't get into it, but I was just, I just wanted a fun, visually fun time with Demon Slayer and the visuals let me down. The story let me down. I was like, I'm not watching any more of this shit. Um, but Jujutsu Kaisen was there for me. It's fine. I'll just, I'll just take Jujutsu Kaisen and it's it's wildly popular, successful adaptations as well. And we also have Chainsaw Man, which is I don't have to hate Shonen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sp- uh, speaking of uh, uh, insane visuals, I guess it's, it's technically we watched it in December, but it technically came out this season. Uh, fucking how do you live? How do you live? Yeah, y'all live like this. <laughs> y'all live like this. We we already did like a full uh, check out the Patreon for a full fucking review of this movie. Full uh, Hayao, Hayao Miyazaki's uh, probably won't be his last movie. Uh, you say that. I feel like now that like, it'll be it'll expects- be his quote unquote last movie. Uh, but his real last movie will be it'll be like a like a dream machine kind of thing like Satoshi Kon where he'll just die making it. Probably. Because I feel like now that everyone expects for him to make another movie now, because that hasn't been the case with like Ponyo and Howls and right. all like Wind Rises and, and this. But now that everybody thinks like, oh, no, he's making a movie. Now he's going to die. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, now he will die. Now he can stop lie. animating, you fucker. <laughs> Go back to drawing manga. Yeah, his Nasuka's manga is much better than the anime. So, yeah, just. 
<laughs> I wonder how, how do you live? I wonder how that would be as a manga. <laughs> There's a manga. Oh. But it's not like a, it's a book, the manga book, not the manga. Oh, oh, the movie. Oh, yeah, that's what you mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, um, I mean, yeah, we've already sung like the praises of this movie. Uh, it's one of my favorite Ghibli movies. It's one of my favorite Miyazaki movies. It's a good movie. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's in theaters anymore, but if it's not, I'm, uh, I'm check it, definitely it. check it out when it gets a home media release. Day one, I'm buying that shit. That's uh, I I I had felt pretty downer on Ghibli movies for a while, uh, because aside from fucking uh, Princess Kaguya, because I didn't really care about. I mean, uh, Wind Rises is good, but I didn't like get Wind attached good. to it. You you hate Howls and I hate Howls, and I feel like Ponyo is one of those things where it's like, at least speaking personally, uh, I really respect Ponyo in terms of animation. Yeah. I, didn't really get that much out of it beyond that. Same. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it's good. It's just not like for me, Ghibli has been like a slow decline since like. Yeah, there was, okay. uh, they, they, well, they did have, you know, Cog, uh, Tale of Princess Kaguya, which is like, is that your favorite Ghibli movie? That is my favorite Ghibli movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which that's Takahata. So much for that slow decline, you fucking lying liar. I'm talking about Miyazaki. Miyazaki for the most part and then you got like I guess Marnie is there and like all the uh, Marnie is there yeah, there's some nice like Poppy uh, Hill's like, uh, alright I like that alright Poppy Hill's really good I really like Poppy Hill um, but ge- I guess generally I've not been impressed um, even like Spirit Away I like it's good it's just a step down for me from uh, Princess Mona okay um, subscribe a- to the Weeb Crew Patreon where we did a whole fucking tier list of Ghibli movies um, that will that Steven. will come out. That will come out. That will YouTube. come out as a video eventually. But we talked for like four fucking hours, and the tearless video itself. Yeah, will not you're not, be four you're not getting a four hours. hour fucking. No, I think it was like five hours even. You're not oh getting. God. You're not yeah. getting a five hour video. Like it's gonna be like. Uh, I don't I need to put that on the Patreon still though. So. What the un like the whole uncut thing? Yeah. Oh no no, it's all going. The uncut version is going up on Patreon, but you're not. Oh, getting well, yeah, it just video. needs to go up still. So. Uh, if, if you if you want to hear that, probably well in advance of when it'll come out, that'll probably go up on Patreon this week. Now that he remembers. <laughs> now that I now I'm forcing myself to. Uh, but yeah, I I really loved. Uh, How do you live? It ended up. It surprisingly resonated with me much more than I thought it would. Um, yeah. Visually, I, it was very like like I said. In the review that we did, it's it's so much more. It appeals to my sensibilities in terms of being, in terms of being so much more abstract yeah. than not just Miyazaki movies, but like given the movies in general. It's um, it's Miyazaki's Angel's Egg, I think is uh, Angel's Egg. It, yeah, it's a good way to put it on Twitter. Uh, yeah, it's like it's a it's a it's a it's a movie where you can't kind of like. Uh, I remember seeing a Reddit post actually that fucking hated this part of it. Where it was like, how am I supposed to know how the characters scale against one another? And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what? Let me, let me fucking, yeah, hold on. Let me pull this shit up. I'll read it to you. Sounds like a fucking schizo. Uh... Oh, no, it's cracked. It's, it's, it's fucking hilarious. But Where the, the way fuck you is read it? it made me think it was like a schizo fucking. Um, uh, uh. Ben Peaks guy. Oh, David Lynch. Yeah, David Lynch quote. How do they scale against each other? Oh, here we go. 
Uh, now, uh, so just imagine like a Reddit nerd emoji reading this. Nothing is explained. Lore, power systems, characters, kingdoms, mechanics, limits, rules, etc. Yeah, it does sound like David Lynch. Fuck. <laughs> now, my biggest complaint, <laughs> now my biggest complaint. Now my biggest. I guess I'll, you know, I don't want to do a horrible voice for this. Now my biggest complaint for this movie is also what I disliked about Spirited Away. Nothing is explained. Heron and Spirited are both set in fictional magical worlds, which are completely fine to be unrealistic. However, you have to explain all the mechanics of the world with internal consistency for the audience to be invested in the story. The lore, power-slash-magic system, all the characters and how they scale against each other, all the different animal <laughs> kingdoms, how they interact, all the mechanics, limits, and rules of the world should be explained. Like it's fucking Hunter Hunter. How they scale against each other? What does this mean? I swear to God, fucking, fucking like... Like, power scaling has, like, rotted some people's brains. Like, the whole thing with, like, Dragon Ball and, like, power levels is that they don't fucking matter. Like, it's a joke. Well, they introduce it, and it's, it's and supposed yeah, to be somehow become, like, fucking, like, like, it's, like, metastasized into this fucking, like, cancerous thing where people need, like, fucking numbers in order to, like, a, like appreciate something like an abstract fucking, like, dream movie. Like, how do you live? I want to I wanna be, like generous and assume that they're not talking about power scaling and they're talking about something else but i don't like i don't know if it's just like the i'm way so animated discussion it, poison that i just yeah. assume that's that what they mean but i can't think of something else yeah i remember seeing a bunch of people yeah, like clowning on this like because it's it's like holy fuck um and that's a review of how do you live how do you y'all live like this y'all live like this the boy and the heron, the boy and the heroine. Um, I was thinking like the boy and the harem early on when he's like just with it's like him and a bunch of like old, old ladies. ladies. I'm like dog, dog, oh, hell no. yes, hell yes. Yeah, I think it resonated with me because of uh, not only it's like meta, like meta textual, like metaphorical nature, but like yeah, because I mean it's, 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 it's on you know it's the nature very... of how we kind of how do we live. No. How we um, yeah. interpret media and like, which resonates obviously right. with me since we fucking talk about this show all the time, but like how you kind of yeah. filter messages of media through a personal lens. Um, it's also yeah, just so hard not to like read like a personal angle into this. Like it's, 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 I don't, it's so fucking hard to avoid it because it's like, okay, main character, that's, that's little Miyazaki. I think the, the bird or the old man is supposed to be Takahata. And then if we're just rolling with this, I guess Kiriko, you know, the lady on the boat and stuff, that may be, you know, if we're going with the Lord, maybe that's uh, Michio Yasuda. I feel like that's, that'd be like a salient rating, especially since uh, she died after uh, The Wind Rises. Oh, and I think that's like what uh, prompted uh, Miyazaki to um, uh, make this movie, in part at least. I'm, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely hard to like, Separate it from those kind of elements. I think people talk too much about those and not enough about like the way that we kind of interpret media that's kind of like in the show built into the that's fair. Movie, yeah. Though. Like all this right. like discussion is all about like, oh, this is literally just Miyazaki's life. And it's like, well, it is to a degree, but it's also using that as like a way to commentate on how like we kind of are able to incorporate these fantasy kind of stories and things that don't actually exist 
into like a real tangible growth. Like, you know, he reads How Do You Live? And that is able to like help him grow as a person. And you see that through this whole metaphorical kind of journey yeah, of him going he through takes this fantasy some, like, world. Like DMT, he you know goes undergoes ego death. <laughs> you know, it's the Joe Rogan anime. It is the Joe Rogan experience of anime. Um, uh, but yeah, we have a whole fucking like hour long discussion about this shit on the Patreon. Yeah, this is an abridged version. So, so rep that. Um, and then I guess uh, the only other thing is the season. Maybe my least favorite anime. Uh, of the year bully coolie grunge no i haven't seen it i haven't seen it either i haven't seen it either we'll get to it eventually for better or worse uh uh but no i'm talking about fucking phoenix eden 17 that was weird yeah i don't really have much to say about that that was yeah not good (laughs) don't watch it that was that was fucking cracked unless you want unless you're like a tezuka completionist you really like phoenix because uh that was a trip. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the fall season. Yeah, this is. I we, we didn't watch about, anything about f- summer, or we didn't watch much in summer. But I feel like I watched more in fall. But maybe. Well, let's talk about what we've been hyping up the entire time. One of our favorite anime, not just from the season, but you know, from this year. What do you think about Hundred Girlfriends? Uh, it was cracked. It was, it was cracked. It was the greatest. It was cracked in a good way. The greatest harem ever told. It's such a nice show. It's so fun. No, the greatest harem ever told is actually Bakumonogatari. Um, no, shut the fuck up. <laughs> pretentious cocksucker. Um, no, but Hundred Girlfriends is fun. Uh, it is. It is. I think that's a good. It's, it, I mean, I don't know how much I have to say about it, but it is just a fun series yeah i like it i like all the girls i like the way they they play off one another uh from what i've been told the guy and later on in the manga the guy kind of becomes less of a component and becomes more about like the girls doing stuff amongst themselves which is interesting because uh, i mean how do you deliver how do you deliver on a title that is the 100 girlfriends who really 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 love you how, how do you commit to the bit of having a hundred girls in there and not have it be like a fucking like Avengers movie mess, essentially? <laughs> the Avengers, they just like a hundred girlfriends just like do the fucking Avengers pose in the first movie. Just <laughs> 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 a hundred times. Jesus. Because uh, it's like such an insane premise. And for what it's worth, they don't fumble it in this season, at least. And I don't know how well it's going in the manga right now, but... um. I would, I would definitely if, if, be. If they can pull it off, that will be one of the most in, insane like storytelling feats of all time. I'm definitely like interested on if like there's like a greater kind of commentary on like the genre built in there. I mean, yeah. like when you think about, I guess like this is just literally me pulling shit out of my ass as we're kind of like just talking off the cuff. <laughs> but like mm-hmm. you kind of like there's like an element of like waifuism there where it's like those people that just like fall in love with like a hundred different fucking girls from a thousand different shows. And like, this is my waifu. Now this is waifu number two. They have like the fucking harem list. It's like, this kind um, of incorporates that where you have like girls that are so drastically fucking different. Yeah. Yeah. Which is another thing is like, how are you going to create a hundred different girls that are like defined, like well-defined against one another? Um, Who's best girl though? Who do you think is best girl? Oh, there's not even not even a fucking question. It's it's fucking uh, Hikari. 
Kari, yeah, you like the thick one. Fucking thick. I, li- I, li- I like Shizuka because holy shit, she's so cute. She's got like the like the long, like kind of like disheveled hair. She talks with like a phone. Holy shit, that's fucking adorable. <laughs> There's even like a meta thing too, where it's like the main character even like acknowledges, like everyone acknowledges too that it's fucking cute. That's what I mean. Like, there, there mu- might be like she a must be like protected meta commentary like there somewhere because yeah. it's like they're so like plugged into like the how obvious the shit is. Yeah, like clearly on some level there's something going on, but I I not looked into it and I don't really plan on it. But if you if you do, hit me up. Let me know. I'll watch <laughs> it. I'll read it. Whatever. Uh, Spy Family season two. Just to quickly like knock that out. Right. It's more Spy Family. It's better. Than, what more could you want? Better than core two for the most part. Yeah, better than the second half of season one, I'd say. But if I mean, if you like Spy Family, uh, like the first season, and you want more Spy Family, it's it's more of the same, basically. Yeah. Which is neither a good or bad thing, I guess. It is a thing. I know it's a good thing. You know, it's yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun show. Good to just like have on. Yeah, they don't really uh, do anything to evolve the formula, but they no, don't got to. No. It works. It uh, just works. Apothecary Diaries. All right. All right. Fine. Uh, I don't really, yeah, I don't really have much to say. It kind of, I, it's, it's, it reminds me a lot of uh, a sentence of a bookworm, but yeah, I like bookworm much more. I'd say. Uh, I like about the same. I think I like. Um, Mau Mau more than mine. I can kind of see that. Uh, they're both very like the the their appeal is how much they fucking like salivate over their respective interests, be it books or poisons. Poisons. Uh, um, let's be real. Aoyuki does some heavy lifting, and why Mau Mau is so is fucking enjoyable. This is true. Um. It's interesting too, because I think we talked about this. You brought up you also like the visuals more uh, yeah. in this than a sentence of a bookworm, which I think is fair. But what what'll be interesting to see is that Wit is now doing a sentence of a bookworm. So what you didn't hear about that? <laughs> yeah, new sentence of a bookworm season is being done by Wit. That's fucking schizo. What it is, fuck? isn't it? So I'm, I'm curious Why? to see what they do with it visually. If they kind of maintain that sort of like very flat coloring style, if they do anything more or less with it, it'll be interesting to see. It'd be funny if they just go the fucking like full tilt into like Attack on Titans, like hyper realistic style. Oh, that would be fucking uncomfortable. <laughs> it's just fucking unhinged. Or maybe maybe I mean, maybe it will be something closer to along the lines of like the light novel art, which is very like lavish. And detailed, mm-hmm. but it's also that also doesn't really lend itself super well to animation. We'll see. I'm excited to see where it goes. And we're not talking about Apothecary Diaries anymore. It's time to move on to Free Run. Uh, well, I guess if we want to say one thing about Apothecary Diaries, uh, I don't. I like Mau Mau. I I don't really care for the elements they're putting together in the show. Like I don't care about the fucking the mystery. The mystery element. elements are kind of yeah, and I don't. I'm not as interested in the setting, I'd say. It's it, it's cool to see, like, uh, maybe, and maybe we'll get more of this kind of, like, um, medieval Chinese setting. But it's not one that particularly appeals to me, I'd say. Uh, yeah, I like it all right. Um, it's just, yeah, the the 
mystery element. The even the romance, I don't really care that much for. Like it's it's not that I dislike it. I'm not like oh my god, fucking get this off screen. It's just like it's just kind of there. I'm just like okay, that's yeah. kind of cute, I guess. Uh, it's it's a fine show. It's it's a fun watch with friends. Um, well, I guess we can go to free run. Yeah, let's talk about free run. It's good. Fine. It's fine. <laughs> I like it. Uh, my favorite uh, midrin. Midrin. Oh, that's <laughs> you're really stretching with that one, champ. <laughs> uh, I don't. There's stuff that are you or even yeah, similar. To what we talked about with like a heavenly delusion as well, where I'm seeing where it's like there are things that free run does that I've seen done in other things that I like more. This year, even. This year, even yeah, with Edomail. Um, so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I like this, but I like other things more. Yeah. Um, I mean, it looks nice. It's, it's kind of insane how popular it's become. Um, yeah, it's, very it's similar weird. in a similar vein to like Bochi, which, you know, they're both directed by Keiichiro Saito is that they kind of came out of nowhere and kind of like just took everyone like by surprise. Although I will say I did see more people talking about Freerun beforehand than I saw people talking about Bochi the Rock. Yeah, I literally saw nobody talk about Bochi outside. No, of I did see a little bit of hype for Freerun, but then it's just kind of like, whoop, holy shit. Everyone fucking loves this show. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't want to say I'm, I'm mid on it, but maybe I'm not as enthusiastic as everyone else. I still like it. But it kind of um, it kind of hits on a similar issue that I had with Violet Evergarden way way back, like five six years ago, where it's it it, it kind of lays lays it on too thick emotionally for me, especially in terms of right. like the music, where you know it's, it's it feels like it's really just always trying to like hammer at you and tug at your heartstrings, and it's like I'm kind of like. Eh, this isn't really working. Like, there's like some episodes, like the episode where the guy is like in the mud pit where they meet the priest. He's in the mud pit and he's like immediately expositing his backstory, and they're kind of like putting on this like <laughs> sort of like saccharine melodramatic music over it. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I just got here. The episode started. Why are you trying to make me feel things? Um, <laughs> like the episodes don't necessarily have like a clear emotional arc for me. Um, as, as much as it feels like kind of like a sustained sort of sentimentality, whereas I think I would appreciate it more. It would resonate with me more if we got more of like a buildup over the course of an episode or multiple episodes, like you see with something like, like Vinland Saga, for example. Yeah. My core issue goes back to kind of what we talked, I talked about with, uh, Skip and Loafer with uh, Mm -hmm. Free Run is it doesn't, there's not like this. I don't want to say there's like a disrespect for the audience necessarily. Like you said earlier. Yeah. Like it's just like, (laughs) it doesn't, it it just spells. It feels the need to spell things out. And it's just like on a surface level where you're just kind of like, okay, like everything's just kind of there. And it it doesn't go much deeper than what's there. Right. Like it already kind of spells like the, just an example, like the, her killing that demon thing that was like, or the wizard thing who like had like the fucking terrible, like offensive spells. And 
no one knew how to handle it. And then like, it's like power. She they got power creeped because it was fucking frozen for a hundred years. Right. Um, basically all of that is just like up front and there. Like, yeah, not, it's, it's you're not getting more out of it by like digging like significantly deeper. Right. Like you get mm-hmm. basically everything out of what they just give you in the show. And that's kind of what holds it back for me. Like there's nothing that really like I can latch onto and kind of pontificate on or think about or ruminate or talk to people about outside of the show. Cause the show mm-hmm. already like gave it to me. It's just like, okay, there you go. I'm like, wow, that was pretty cool. And then I move on, you know? Yeah. So for me, it's a matter cause I really like the comedy of the show. I really like like the character dynamics of the show. Um, I just wish that it was more present because I feel like it it leans too heavily into the emotional stuff. Whereas that needs to be like, if it were more like, I guess, strategically placed, you know, it would use a little bit more sparingly. I think it would hit a little bit more harder for me. Sure. Uh, yeah. Whereas it's, it's so much more common that it kind of, I get dulled to it as a result. Like, um, like the episode with like, uh, the episode with like Stark's birthday, uh, for example, where the 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 what's supposed to be like the emotional climax of the episode is like Fern gets a gift for Stark for his birthday, but throughout the episode we're getting like all these like flashback scenes peppered in uh, of Stark and his uh, his like relationship with like his like older brother um, or whatever, and that isn't necessarily a bad way to go about handling this, but it feels like every flashback scene is at like the same, like emotional height. There isn't like an arc to them essentially. So it, it it gets kind of like, it's not really working on me. Essentially. It's like, um, I think of it almost as, as, as like music essentially where, you ever, you ever listen to like 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 uh like house like like EDM house music because like the way it works is like you have like the quiet part and then it builds and 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 then when it drops that's when it hits hard whereas if it's already hitting hard right from the beginning you're not going to get that same effect essentially right I think a sort of dynamic range when it comes to the emotional elements of the show would go a long way for selling me more on the emotions yeah definitely if it had the range and it had like because like it has the slow moments but typically with slow moments you're getting like you can like kind of ruminate on stuff like i think of like a a yokohama shopping log Mm -hmm. or even like anime elf like when it's slow you're thinking about you know, the stuff they kind of introduced to you that it didn't spell out, right? Like right. stuff that's like, oh, you're putting together like, oh, yeah. Even if, is- it, even if it does spell it out, like I'm thinking like the first episode of Planetes is like the perfect like encapsulation of that sort of arc that I'm talking about where it's like it's comedy, it's comedy, it's comedy, a little bit of drama, characters are conflicting with one another, emotional payoff at the end. Yeah, it's a very simple. It's like so trite to like talk about in terms of like storytelling, but I think it goes a long way. And I think free run as a story, at least for me, would be elevated if it kind of adhered to that sort of more arc structure rather than being kind of like straight with it all, like right off the bat. Just like yeah. it's all the same like level. But we like free run. It's fine. 
<laughs> it's fine. I don't dislike it for what it's worth. Uh, I, I, I was kind of getting irritated with like the demon arc because it's like, I remember we, it's it's four episodes long. We got to the end of that third episode. And I'm like, fuck, we got to do another 20 minutes of this. Yeah. And the emotional payoff of that arc is when it's over, too, because, you know, they they uh, they they, you know, beat the demons. They save the town. And the ne- next episode is them like, you know, celebrating and all that. And as they're leaving the town, you know, they're like uh, saying like, oh, well, you know, we'll never forget you and all that sort of stuff. You know, you saved our, t- our, our city. And that then gets paralleled with free rent with later in the episode where they meet uh, the monk dude. Um, and then when he departs from them, he's like, you know, maybe uh, he tells free maybe we'll meet again in a couple hundred years because uh, they're both elves. And it kind of then makes you reflect on Freeman leaving the town and them saying, we'll never forget you where it's like, she's probably already done stuff like this before. And she's probably already been like basically faded into like local legend countless times in countless other cities. So it's probably not, doesn't mean that much to her because what her meeting with that monk kind of emphasizes is like how much of a different time scale the elves exist on uh, compared to people. Yeah. It uh, it's fine. I it's like fine. It right. It's 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 all right. It's it's barely in my top ten for the year though. <laughs> it's bare. You'll watch one more show and then one more show I enjoy and it's gone. Uh, I talked about that Precure sequel. Oh yeah. Oh no, that prequel. Yeah, no, the, the the sequel that's like twelve episodes. Right. Like yeah. Prequel pre Precure season from this yeah, year. Yeah, that's I weird. Watch Precure. It's like, what do you get? Like a five? What happened? Yeah. I thought you really liked it. Uh, it's one of those that's like conceptually really interesting. It's it's almost like a Zom 100 where it's like you watch the first episode. You're like, huh, this has a lot of implications. This has a lot of stuff you could talk about or think about. And then you watch it and the execution's just like, oh. We, we're exploring the idea of like, Magical Girl's coming back to fight a villain that's like global warming bad again. Okay. Yeah. I don't I don't really know why we're we're going through this. Like like it's not like they don't do that with every fucking like precure, right? Every precure is like basically kind of a similar, like, oh, people are killing the planet kind of villain. Mm-hmm. Um not every like obviously people are gonna fucking argue, but that's that's not I mean I just mean like that's a common thing, right? It's not like it's a criticism to say that. You know, they're using that. It's more like you have this concept of like having to bring characters back who are like adults and they're like having to like because like the whole almost the whole conceit kind of feels like, you know, you tell these girls that like they can do anything and then they go out in the real world and they accomplish their dreams and they realize that's not the end. It's It doesn't end at like, oh, I'm going to become a teacher. It's like, OK, you're a teacher now have fun for the next 60 years of your life <laughs> struggling in a real world that doesn't it, it's not just as simple as like good and evil or black and white like you, you can't do everything you can't help everybody uh have fun navigating that and you don't have any fucking help like you don't have a preacher for adults that's like telling you you could do it so it's kind of like exploring that a bit but it uh it just doesn't do it super interestingly. I'm just like, 
you basically get like all the interesting stuff front loaded. We're like, oh, this could be interesting. And then like you watch it and you're like, oh, this was all right. Um, yeah. It'd be interesting to kind of incorporate that into like a greater thesis on like Magical Girl stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which one day I might do. Well, I don't know if there's anything else in the fall season we really need to touch on. I think we've uh, even talked about everything. What about Pluto? Oh, <laughs> we already talked about Pluto on our Patreon. Check out the Patreon. Have we talked about the Patreon yet? We have a Patreon, guys. Do you guys know we have a Patreon? The low, low cost, if I think there's like two tiers, it's like $1 a month. You get like all the cut content that we just put out publicly. And then for like $3 a month, you get like a Exclusives. bonus episode a week of just us talking. And then some like exclusive material that's never been released to the public this is a great pluto review great pluto review um we've already talked about pluto quite at length but holy shit it's so fucking good dude how does fucking how does urasawa do it is so fucking good at like the mystery dramas like the thrillers mm-hmm. and the fact that he was able to pull that off with whatever the fuck he was working with in that fucking with, Astro it's, Boy. it's insane because we watched pluto and we're like, what the fuck? This is insane. And we go back and we watch the original arc in the original Astro Boy show. Well, we watch basically every iteration of the arc. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really interesting. I mean, I, I prefer Pluto. It's not like I dislike it. The, the original Astro Boy arc is very Tezuka. Uh, so it's like, you know. Very Tezuka. It's, you know, whether or not it's your cup of tea. Uh, you know the power business. scaling we were just complaining about. That's that's you get that in horsepower. Yeah, you got that in horsepower. Um, we got twenty thousand horsepower. Um, but it's really interesting to like compare the two and see what he's able to like expand upon or recontextualize without invalidating anything in the original arc, essentially. Because yeah. it's all there, more or less. It's all there, but he just tweaks some things, and he, and he just, and he doesn't like room, like you know, he's not like mm, nah, this character, nah. It's it's all there, exist. and he just maybe like adjusts some things, or it's like a, a expands upon. It's it's kind of insane. <laughs> he like fucking like I don't know went like 120 IQ on this shit. Yeah. He takes like this fucking just random robot like, hey, I'm a detective. And he's just wearing, he's like a whole <laughs> robot with a trench coat. That's such a goofy fucking design. I love it. <laughs> Everyone and he just like dies. Yeah. Like he like, he literally is like tells fucking Astro Boy. He's like, yeah, don't go outside because it could be dangerous. And then he just goes outside and dies. Like, yeah, that's his the extent whole, to the original. The whole mystery element is completely added in uh, to this because like the original uh, the original story is like, this is Pluto. This is what Pluto is, do- is going to do. Whereas like they're piecing it all together in uh, Pluto, the anime. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe uh, check out the f- whole review. I guess there were some like people had like complaints in terms of like compositing and stuff, which I can kind of see that. But overall I say this is like really fucking strong visually. Yeah. It's, this is fucking great. Like, yeah. You don't, it, it's a really fucking like stupid thing to say, but it still feels like you don't really get like anime visually like this anymore. 
Like, namely because they don't make Urasawa adaptations anymore. They don't adapt Urasawa's manga anymore because his style is so hard to adapt well because, like, you need to get, like, the facial features right and, like, all, like, the intricacies of his line work. And that's really hard to do in animation. But, I mean, they they pull it off. It's actually really funny, too, because, like, when watching this, you'll probably, if you've seen other things from Urasawa, you'll go, Wait a minute, hey. that's literally just that character. It's in a very similar sense to like what Tezuka would do, actually, where he's like, Tezuka would reuse character designs all the time because he thought of his, like, them as like actors, basically. And you have like, yeah. a similar thing going on here. Yeah, he's, he's kind of like the perfect fucking manga to like make this kind of story yeah. of a Tezuka work. Um, But just right off the bat, that first episode where it's like it hits, you know, you have like your mystery setup and all that. And then halfway through, it completely changes pace and becomes like a different story altogether about this uh, old man, this old like composer guy and his uh, and his and his robot butler friend and like and, and just their and just their discourse uh, on like a whole like variety of topics. It's oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's a it is a gem. It is. Um, yeah. For anyone keeping track. Uh, between this and Vinland Saga, this is this is my anime of the year. Yes, yeah, I mean Vinland Saga. It's already like okay, holy shit. And then this came along, and it's like, oh mama. Yeah, like, I, didn't, uh, I didn't expect anything to rival fucking Vinland Saga this year. <laughs> Let then, alone that, that's an unfair expectation to have of anything. Uh, and then and then here we are. Here we are. Uh, yeah, it's it's easily my anime of the year. Uh, as 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 much as as much as we're like you know, Vinland Saga and Pluto are the two like you know heavyweight champs of 2023. Pluto still beats out Vinland Saga. Yeah, it's like it's a weird comparison because Vinland Saga season two is like a part of a whole, right? Whereas is- this is like a a perfectly like self-contained story. I can yeah. guarantee you though, if I type in on Google right now, like. Pluto, I'll get like a result that's like, when is Pluto season two coming out? And it's like, what the Pluto is dead. What the fuck? Did you not watch the show? (laughs) The rest of the the season two was just Astro Boy. Every fucking time they should see. They should just adapt like another fucking just random arc and Astro Boy and make it a sequel to Pluto. (laughs) It's also like insane to think about because 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 the original manga came out in like 1962 early 60s i believe sometime around then and then pluto the adaptation came out between like 2003 to like 2009 2007 mid 2000s basically so it's interesting to have 1951 yeah, yeah, 51 okay wow so this anime comes out then in 2023 and the conflict centers around war in the Middle East. And it's kind of fucked to think about the fact that how relevant Pluto would have been in terms of that in 2003 and then still how relevant it is now. And the fact that we've been like spinning our wheels in that regard for the past 20 years. Yeah. It's like, Oh, this is still relevant somehow. That's fucking depressing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh, can't wait for us to go 
to war with Iran and using robots. So can't wait for us to literally just do Pluto. That's going to be fun. Well, what's what's interesting about Pluto is like it takes because like I forget was it Persia that the yeah. the guy who makes Pluto is like the king of yeah and so it, it it like warps takes that element and warps that into like kind of making some um you know a Rocky War kind of like commentary yeah yeah and but the way it's done it basically just kind of applies to like modern day too mm-hmm. and which is like oh. It's interesting too because it's also just like it's 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 pulling from stuff that's like not not just Astro Boy like I, like the obvious comparison here would be like Tenma and uh, and uh, Tenma is just Gendo Tenma is literally oh, yeah. just just Gendo from Evangelion yeah but Gendo which, in Evangelion is also very reminiscent of just Tenma in the original Astro Boy so it kind of becomes this like a uh, like referential Ouroboros essentially we just come full circle. Um, yeah, it's well, it's very much just like l- lending itself to like the visual language, right? Because it's yeah. like people know who Gendo is now, or in this is in 2003, people know who Gendo is, they're not as familiar with like Dr. Tenma from Astro Boy anymore. So we just use the visual language of Gendo from Evangelion, and that immediately informs you what kind of character Tenma yeah. is in that Pluto. Yeah, uh, anime is good. saved, I guess. Uh, not quite. Oh. oh, it's weird because, like, despite having Vinland Saga and Pluto, uh, which by far are like the two best anime of this decade so far for me, mm-hmm. uh, this year was kind of sparse for me. Like, very top heavy with the two heavy hitters. And then, yeah, well, it's one of those, there's a lot of like, the, there are the two things that I really loved and then, yeah, there's a wide gap and then there's stuff that I really liked and there's not like that kind of gradient that I would like to see. Right. It's like, uh, I guess for me, yeah, Pluto and Vinland Saga 1 and 2, pretty big mm-hmm. gap. Jujutsu Kaisen, Edame Elf, and Mashoka Tensei round out the top five and then some of ranking B-sides is like yeah, kind of just very close to Mashoka Tensei, but it's like just outside top five. Um, and then I would say there's a pretty large gap between that and then like the rest of the top 10 spy family. Yeah. Family delusion to demo skill and free run for me. Granted, there are so- still some things from 2023 that I would like to go back and check out if I ever get the fucking time. But um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess to, to bring this full circle 2023. I mean, as a year, it's not as strong as as 2021 or 2022 were no not even close not even close um 2022 yeah. i had competition to get into the top 10 yeah i guess i guess yeah it's it's one of those things where i don't want to be like oh you know the anime industry it's it's creatively bankrupt it's more so um oh god the anime industry is falling apart no like it- I, it's like I don't want to. I don't want to end on a doubter, right? Like because it's it, it's always comes in ebbs and flows, like, right? Yeah. Even if you go yeah, look at it's a boom at, bust cycle, like anything else, any other industry. Yeah, like you look at like 2005 to 2007. Like 2005 wasn't like I don't know. I feel like you get like a larger concentration of good shows in a year, like 10, 20 years ago, just because there was yeah. less anime coming out, but. It, it, like I would say 2005 is not necessarily like full of bangers like 
2007 is, which to everyone's like, oh my god, 2007 is like one of the best years of all time. Yeah, it's always it's really, had like if you ebbs want a perspective on this. Uh, check out the uh, 2013 episodes we did with uh, Roger, uh, and then I guess later this year we'll probably do like a 2014 uh, episode. Oh my god! Yes, already <laughs> already penciling that one in. Enjoy that six-hour-long epic. Oh God! <laughs> talking about, about 150 shows. Holy fuck! I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> we kind of did that thing too. I said we didn't want to talk about everything we'd seen this year, but we ended up doing it anyway. Konata, play us out. Wait, what? I would have, I would have like play like the saxophone. <laughs> play the sax? How is she gonna play the saxophone? Why? Why didn't she just play? Why? <laughs> How does she breathe? Why does she just play audio of a saxophone? Why does she even need a saxophone? What are you even gonna get out of this on Spotify? You don't get visual of her playing a saxophone?